0: So here, yeah, this is from this thing, the Faith Mind Sutra. So it says, Tao, which is the way, is self-evident to one with no preferences. So he's making a fact, stating a fact. It's self-evident, just like they say these statements in, uh, in spirituality. They say like the gateless gate. So obviously there isn't a gate without a gate in it, you know? So the gateless gate or the open secret. So it can't be a secret if it's open, Yeah. A secret is sort of hidden, or only a few people know. So when they use the term open secret, it sort of negates the idea of being a secret. Or when they use the term gateless gate, it negates the idea that there's a gate that you have to enter. And then usually when you believe you've entered it, you'll believe that you can leave it, which is the dilemma. Yeah. So there may be a sense that you can enter the truth, but that same feeling that you can enter it reinforces the possibility you can leave it. That's not the truth, yeah? The truth is self-evident. The truth is always available at all times, right where you are. The truth is always available with no requirements necessary. But if you believe you've entered it, you will definitely believe you can exit it, yeah? Because the mind works in opposites, you know what I mean? So the idea of wanting to get close to something infers that you can be far from it. Yeah, just like today, I was listening to a lot of people at this meeting talking about they really want to be present. Yeah, they want to be present, but all those, all the hope and yearning to be present is affirming that they're not present, which is not true. Yeah, you've never not been present in your own life. You may think it's not what you've. It doesn't fit your idea of presence, but the idea is the problem. Not, the, not that presence is lacking or missing. It's you believe that you cannot be present. Yeah? And so the only way the drive to be present can seem valuable is there's a belief that you cannot be present. What we're always talking about isn't trying to find the truth, it's the question are you away from it? Yeah? If you're not away from it, Mode, you'll realize you're looking for it is what's causing you to be blind to it. Yeah? If you would stop looking for it, then you would see. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little trick of mind, but mind is a trick. Yeah. Conditional mind is a trick. It's producing false evidence that's appearing real all day. That synonym or acronym for fear in recovery. One of many, but I like that one. The false evidence appearing real... False evidence cannot be real, obviously, yeah? It can only appear to be real. Or let's say false ev- evidence can seemingly be real, and seemingly means it can appear to be true or false to you. So you're giving it the meaning it has. So if, I, if I'm presented with false evidence, and I'm looking at it from a distorted way, let's call it, let's, let's call it self-centered, my, that self-centeredness can give it the meaning that it's real. It's not real, but it can appear to be real to you. It can appear to be real, but it needs to be a you to appear real too. You play a big role in it. Yeah, this is important because if you see, when people talk about cash register honesty and all this stuff, that's fine and dandy. But the real honesty is that you're dreaming this place, that you are the main participant here. Just like they say in physics that the biggest influence of any experiment is the observer of it. Yeah. So when a scientist is looking, he's studying light, and he wants to see it as a wave, they found that he usually sees it as a wave. If another, if another uh, group is looking for light as a particle, they see it as a particle. So it seems to be that light appears the way you want it to appear. Yeah. That's the whole place. This whole place is doing that. Everything is seemingly so. Everything appears to be true or false to us. Yeah? Everything. It's not like a random event, it's a principle. Yeah. Principles are sort of like the escape ladder, if you want to call it, or let's say if, a, if you were like, a, if there was a big flood and you were on the roof and a helicopter came by, they dropped drop you a ladder. Principles are like the latter, to leave the level of consequences, where you can't see the shit in the fan lining up, and the only way you know the shit hit the fan is after it hits you in the face, yeah? That's being on a very dim, dark level. You can't see, yeah? So all you're doing is speculating. Oh, I think the fan's there, and I think the shit's there, and yet that darkness causes you to get hit in the face quite a lot. So a principle, hey, you and I are giving everything the meaning it has, a principle can sort of take your mind out, not you, the mind, out of the level of consequences so it can see. yeah. Because all the dilemma is darkness, and sometimes they equate ignorance with darkness. yeah. So an ignorant mind or a mind that's in darkness, it can only speculate. It can't see, right? I can only speculate based on this past idea that I've been in this room before and come up with an idea where the door is. I can't actually see where the door is, yeah? So I have to rely on a a faulty navigator to get me out of here. Yeah. So it is, Tao is self-evident to one with no preferences. When like and dislike are absent, the real is obvious and clear. So... So the real is obvious and clear, but but in a sense, if likes and dislikes are prevalent, you won't see the obviousness and the realness of it. Yeah? The activity of the mind will be sufficient enough to block you from that which is obvious and real. Yeah. This is the big role we play. Really. It's like we say in AA, you know, you're in, you need the sunlight or the spirit, and I like this picture where, alright. We we're usually believing that sunlight's outside of ourselves. We call it a higher power or something. Yeah, but we always keep demanding our primacy, our re- reality, our being this long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So this is in sore need of the light, sunlight of the spirit. Yeah, but it's in this little mental room called past and future, and this little action figure idea of Paul. So it's in this room and it wants to get to the light, but there's I got to get I, there's windows that are facilitating the light coming in and those windows have little shades on them. And maybe the shades cost 5 cents. They're like cheap paper, but when they're pulled down they can block you off from the sunlight of the spirit. This incredible juice of light can be blocked off from our position with a 5 cent paper shade, yeah? Now it's not erasing the fact that there's light. It's just causing it not to be obvious or available to us. Yeah? It's obvious and available, but it can seem not to be obvious or available to us. Yeah? The "us is the, is the big influence Yeah, So now we try to practice stuff to get that light to that window and then pull it up. And so once the window shade goes up, then the light comes in and then we're nurtured, and we feel a sense of well-being, and we sense a presence, and there's peace of mind, and we can enjoy it. But it's all still predicated on us, which is the mind playing God. What would happen if you're not in this position you think you are, that you're not the flag that's on this pole called the body? That maybe, just maybe, you're on the other side. You're in the light already, you You still see the shade, but you see the shade from in the light, the shade has no ability to block you off from the light anymore. Because not that you've found a way to keep it open, you realize there's no need to keep anything open. It's always available on this side. Yeah. So it's just a matter of mind changing. And in a sense, in recovery, you can't think yourself into a different mindset and you can't feel yourself into it. So they, we take some actions and what they do really is they diminish the mental condition so that the obviousness and reality of things become obvious and real to us. Instead of false evidence taking their place and appearing real, what's real is the dominant influence. And when what's real is the dominant influence, you're going to travel later here. You know what I mean? Your mind's not going to be occupied with what's not happening for just the basic fact that it's not happening. You'll have an incredible immunity to it because you'll be very clear what is happening, and therefore you have the ability to discern what isn't happening, like next week, and five years from now, and two years from now, and last night. Yes, all those little fields the mind likes to you know seed and cultivate and harvest all day to obsess around the plant. You know the primary plant of you. Yeah, you you've. Your attention and interest doesn't go there. It's not in the, it's not enslaved to sort of cultivate and hoe and garden that fucking uh barren field anymore. It's right here now because it doesn't entertain it could be anywhere else. Yeah. It's not a it's not an effort, really. The effort is to think you can be somewhere else when you can't. That's a huge mental effort. The real release, the real relief is when you just see what's red is red and what's obvious is obvious. I cannot not be in the moment I'm in. It's impossible. I can't leave here. Yeah. While as long as I'm here, I can't leave here. <laughs> and when somehow there's a leaving of here, there will be no one to note that. It will just be bye-bye like it never fucking happened. So when like and dislike are absent, the real is obvious and clear. So he has a little bit of a re- requirement. He says, "Yeah, he's, he's not saying the real is obvious and clear, so that you can use that to beat the living shit out of yourself because it doesn't seem obvious and clear to you." It says, "Listen, but there is a requirement: the like and the dislikes ought need to be absent. When they're absent, then it's so. Uh, yeah, to you, it's an act of obvious. You know, it has a it has a translation right now." Yeah. So, make the slightest distinction, however, and it appears disguised as heaven and earth. Yeah? So, if you wish to know truth, hold no opinions. There's other. I like this other translation, which is, says, "If you wish to know truth, stop cherishing your own opinions, <laughs> especially about truth." <laughs> Those are really good ones to see. <laughs> Make the slightest distinction, Howard, it appears disguised as heaven and earth. If you wish to know the truth, stop cherishing your opinions. To judge and choose is a disease of the mind. When truth goes unobserved, the mind rolls, roils with self-centered striving. Yeah? So when you don't know what's so, you're going to take to be what's not so. Seriously, Yeah. No good can come of this. Tao is immaculately empty. It lacks nothing, is nothing. Desire and aversion blind you to suchness. So when they use these terms, desire and aversion, that's like a dualistic movement, which is the basic movement of the mind and conditionality. It's like the low and high tide of the conditional mind, yeah? Like an ocean. So when I desire something, my attention and interest gets focused on that object, yeah? I forget everything else. I don't sense the space, I don't sense the presence of anything. I just, I'm involved in that object, thinking that's going to give me what I'm already in. Yeah, that's the dilemma, really. And then when I have aversion, it's the same way. Instead of contracting on that object, I start contracting this way. Yeah. Each way, it's sort of like a camera lens. The camera lens, when it's healthy and well-balanced, is open. Yeah. It's got a nice, wide... Picking up a lot of stuff, desire whoosh, focuses it; aversion focuses it. Yeah, whoosh, whoosh. yeah. So this movement, this low and high tide of conditional mind, is what's causing us not to sense the emptiness or the depth of the ocean, because it keeps our attention on the surface. Yeah, all the activity of the surface draws our attention. Yeah? But we don't see the ability. When that surface gets really calm, it reflects nothing. You see infinity there. Yeah, That's the enjoyment of peace of mind. So, let's see. When truth goes unobserved, the mind roils with self-centered striving. All right? Do not become entangled in outer life, nor indulge in feeling of detachment. Serenely abide in what is, and all such dualities disappear. So he's also saying too, okay, so now you're not going to have, you can't do anything about that duality, but if you abide in that sense of presence of this here and now, then that stuff, all of that, all such dualities will disappear. They won't hold weight anymore. Yeah? You won't believe that you can be close to something and far away from something that's already, that's everywhere. These things that you believe that I can get closer to the truth, and then if I don't keep doing what I'm doing to get close to the truth, I'll be far away from the truth, is just blown away. You don't believe that anymore, and then the truth is available and immediate to right where you are. Yes, with no requirement necessary. In other words, it's like your pulse. It's a living sense. Yeah, It's not something that's achieved or produced. That can be unprodu- unproduced and unachieved. It doesn't play that game. It's a, a little, sort of a totally different state. Do not become entangled in that. When you impose stillness to stop activity, stillness becomes an activity. So here, yeah. let's say you and I sign up for a two-year course of how to get out of the obsession with self. That could be an obsession with self. Yeah. So let's say I'm going to practice to become still. That's an activity. You ever see I had a guy I lived on this this place in Australia, a big compound, and the guy had a lot of money and he was a spiritual dude, spiritual seeker, and he liked to drive around the compound and tell everyone, Hey, I'm gonna meditate at five thirty and when the bell rings I want everyone to be quiet on the property so his desire to get still was filled with agitation Right, he was driving around like crazy had no sense of peace he thought that peace was going to be in that little room between 5.30 and 6.30 and he was missing the whole fucking enchilada Yeah. so here do not beca- when you impose stillness to stop activity stillness becomes an activity when you prefer one thing to another you cannot abide in one not abiding in one or the one you are bound by both action and stillness. So, in, a, in other words, the action implies you doing it, and the stillness implies you not doing it. Let's say, yeah, it's still a bondage of self. There's still the sense of being the doer. Yeah. So, let's say whatever action is being claimed by the conditional mind and be, and and put into the the. Uh, Formula. I'm doing this, yeah? Whatever that is, no matter how noble you think it is, it's still a bonding agent to the idea of being a self. Meditation or just washing the dishes. It's used the same way. The mental condition, the selfing, will claim whatever it is. The most noble action and the dirtiest action, it will still use both of them to bond the mind to the idea of being the one who's doing it, yeah? That's the little bit of a dilemma there. That's a dilemma with practices and stuff. It doesn't mean practices have no value. It means they can still be used by the conditional mind to produce a sense of being the one who's doing it. So instead of like a junkie identification, you'll have a, a spiritual one. You'll think you're the greatest meditator or something. You know what I mean? You'll think you're bright or whatever it may be. <laughs> It's sort of like everything is used like a glue. No matter what it is, the mind is identifying with it as the doer, the haver. And it's not that. It's like Ramana Maharshi, a great master, says. He says, you don't have to give up possessions, give up the possessor. Yeah, The possessions are just being used like anything else to produce a bonding to the possessor. Yeah, The action is being used to put a bonding to the actor... The haver is being used to put a, to bond to being the one who has, yeah? The owner to the owner. All this stuff, it's, the, it's how mind is using it, yeah? Just like we said, the mind is the biggest, biggest influence in any experiment. In any experience here, the mind is the biggest influence. So it's not what you're doing, it's how it's held, if it's being held as I'm the doer, that whatever that doing is may be used to bond you to the idea of being a self. And in recovery, that's what we ask. Please relieve us of the bondage of self. The bondage of self is this constant claiming of, let's say, a, a mental activity called thinking as I'm the thinker. Yeah, Feelings as I'm the feeler. The body as my body. Time as my time. Yeah, Money as my money. As soon as the mind claims the money, the money has a different meaning than it it was carrying before the mind got it. That's what mind does. The conditional mind, the self claims, and in the claiming, it makes it so. It changes it. It gives it a meaning. And the meaning is, everything, every thought is now used to point to, there's a thinker, and it's you. And that's a fucking thought. The idea of being you. But we don't see that. So now the thought, I'm the thinker, is the dominant one when every thought is noticed. Every thought implies that you're the thinker. Every feeling implies that you're the feeler. Every action implies that you're the doer. this is the activity of being bonded to the idea of being a self. It's like a glue that has to be applied all day. Yeah? Because it's not a natural bonding. Mind... Being bonded to the idea of being a body is not a natural coming together. It has to be glued. And because it can't hold, the glue has to be applied so much all day. Just watch your head. Watch your head. It's applying the glue all day. Yeah? Every action that's noticed, it implies as the actor, I'm the one who did it. Which, what happens if you believe you did something and that what you believe you did was bad? What gets promoted then? Guilt and shame, yeah? Then the guilt and shame starts building up. So you want to avoid the guilt and shame. So now you don't tell people what you think you're doing. (laughs) Like that. And then the secrets start arising. And then you just get caught in this catacomb of selfing. The mind does. And it doesn't, and self can't get out of self. Believing appearances are real, you cannot see the source. Again. So the source is available, but believing appearances are real, the false evidence appearing real, the same same. when that is so to you, then that thing isn't going to be obvious. Yeah? You can't see the source. It's not like you can't see the source. There's a requirement why well, you can't see the source. In this statement he says, believing appearances are real. Seeing appearances are void, you will both, you see both source and show. So you see this place, but you also see the emptiness of it, yeah? That it's mind and mind alone. And what it does is, it allows this little sense of being an action figure, this manifestation in time, to travel fucking lighter. And I believe that's all everyone wants, is just to travel lighter. They have a lot of ideas what that should mean, but I got a feeling if you really fell on to the real deal, hopefully you'd be willing to give up the ideas you had about it and just take the, the proof, you know what I mean? I know it's, I don't, I'd rather be happy than be right, I'd rather have the goods than have a very strong idea of how the goods have to look. I have a faith in mind that once it recognized the shenanigans or the the fallacy of this place, it could be weaned off of it pretty quickly. Because as soon as you get a sense of satisfaction, a lot of the bullshit shifts. You know? Because most of it's it is it's driven by this gnawing sense of lack that we got to get something, we have to have more, we got to, 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 or as recovery says, we're afraid we're going to lose what we have and not get what we want. It's a drive constantly, yes? Just, it's like an unbelievable amount of agitation. And just because we take it to be so, doesn't mean it's incredibly insane. Yeah. Just because everyone else seems to be doing it, doesn't give it validity. In my view, it doesn't. But I can't, like I shared today, I can't entertain peace until I get a sample of it. Yeah, That's been my experience. I remember all this stuff happened to me, getting run over by cars and shot at and looking at two to five prison sentence. These things that you would hope would be able to provoke a surrender for a change to occur, never initiated anything like that. And then one day, it was a regular day at the office, just getting loaded and hoping you know, with alcohol, hoping I could get some drugs when someone had some money. And then something happened, a download occurred, and it's quieted that activity of mind, and a solution dropped into my life, which is still alive today for 24 years. And you know what? I had now I knew what surrender was. Yeah? So now, ever since that time, my mind can entertain surrender. Because now it knows what it is. Yeah? That's the whole point. How are you going to enjoy peace of mind if you don't have a sample of peace of mind?
1: Good.
0: Like this moment now, in the past, maybe it would have caused a great discomfort... Like, you know, you see sometimes at meetings when no one says anything, everyone gets fucking antsy and oh yeah, yeah, there's this. But now I love this when the space is vibrating. Yeah. That's to me is my nature, actually. <laughs> that's, that's like seeing my original face at that moment. <laughs> Before it was it was deemed to be really uncomfortable provoke provoking, oh gee, I'm so uneasy in this silence. Now it's like fucking hallelujah. Yeah. returning to source one finds refuge yes this is like when self when mind realizes that self-reliance is unreliable like it says in our book why are you in so much fear today and it gives you a very simple answer isn't it because self-reliance has failed us so when you really come to a sober accounting of the failure of the system that the mind has been relying on yeah This can bring you back to source. Yeah? In a sense, you can give up the ghost. And returning to source, one finds refuge. So you actually find a state of mind that's reliable, that you can rest in, because it's always available at all times. As long as you're drawing a breath in, it's there. Yeah? Pursuing appearances pulls you further away. At the moment of enlightenment, neither appearances nor emptiness are known. Changes transpiring in an imaginary world are visible only to ignorance. So the way we're seeing things is because we're seeing them ignorantly. Once again, the mind is giving it the meaning. So the mind is in a state of ignorance. It's ignoring something, its own nature in this activity. And in that ignoring its own nature, it takes things that are not real to be real. It takes things to be solid when actually no thing is the most solid thing at all. Do not seek truth. Just stop having opinions. And so we're not saying... Stop having opinions. We're actually making a little different. We're just saying you're not that which has an opinion. Yeah? So instead of having to wait till I have no opinions to realize that you're not the one who has an opinion, we're questioning, are you the one who has the opinion? Fuck the thousands of opinions. Just see if there's someone who has the opinion. If you're not that which has the opinion, you'll be free from that effect. This is the way I, this is like my back, it was like a true junkie, really. You know how you're always looking for the easiest off the way. So when I used to read these things, I said, how am I going to stop having opinions? You fuck, that's incredible, I can't do that. And then try it. (laughs) But if I'm not that which is having the opinion, it produces the same seeming effect. (laughs) That was easier. Yeah? (laughs) For me. So, if you wish to abide in Tao, wait a minute, when you are tired what is this? Oh, do, re, do not remain mired in the dual-natured world. Avoid pursuing its offerings. Distinguishing even, even a trace of right and wrong, of this and that, roots the mind in confusion. The dual-natured world arises from one, but do not cling to idea of oneness. So basically, they're saying, you know, it's sort of like if you were free-falling, yeah, and you thought you had a body and hands you would be probably grabbing for something to catch on to yeah just try to stop you to secure our sense of oh I, can, I have I'm, I'm in a certain position this is okay yeah but what would happen if there was nothing to grab after a while maybe you'd give up these as hands and you'd see their wings yeah and then you'd be flying in that space that you thought you were falling through yeah. Maybe the thing, maybe the mean you're giving the space you feel you're in is provoking incredible fear and uncertainty, so you're trying to know everything, trying to mentally get secure, based on no truth whatsoever, but at least a sense of security. But what would happen if you would stop grabbing, and then you'd stop, and in that pause, maybe you'd see them as wings. Yeah? And maybe you could see that it's the space that you seen before free-falling, it is your real home. That's how it is. Yeah. So the dual natured world arises from one. So you want to mean the dual nature world? Do you know what that meaning? Similar, you know, night and day, hot and cold, opposites. Yes, opposites, and how they play with each other. Yeah, yeah. When the mind vanishes, the world is seen as unreal. When the world is seen as unreal, the perceiver of the world cannot be found. Objects appear as objects because the mind believes it is subject. Exactly. So the conditional mind takes itself to be the subject, so it objectifies everything. Yeah, It doesn't realize that it's subjectivity that's moving through it. It believes that it's the subject. So... Consciousness is moving through, let's say, this possibility, but the mental conditioning ex- claims it and says, I'm the one who's conscious. Yeah? That's called sort of claiming subjectivity and making it subjective. Yes? So when it makes it subjective, the object, this object, now becomes a subject and everything else is an object to this. When, in fact, all there is is subjectivity. Yeah? <laughs> It's not, you know, it's not just like an exercise to have fun with. The relief is unbelievable, really. When these simple knots the mind has itself in can be seen, because actually they're all rooted in the idea of being you. If you can pull that one little thread out, the knots weaken, loosen up. And you'll sense that as you're living. You'll sense a space and a presence around. You won't be this little, it won't be like the life is stops here, you know. You're here and then everything's outside of you. Your attention and interest will spill out. It will start, it will start not going up so much, but it will spread. You'll sense a bigness, you'll sense a hugeness to life. You'll see how much you are the participant here. That you are it, in a sense. Not you, as Deb or Paul, but as mine. And it can't help but have a huge effect on how, quote-unquote, you are. So the relief is like they say, it's like a piece that passes understanding. The only reason why it passes that understanding is that that understanding is very limited. It's coming from self-centeredness, yeah? And this piece isn't of self centeredness. This piece isn't for you. I would say this piece is you. Yeah. You can't acquire it or achieve it or claim it or have it. You know. You that's not how it's entertained. You enjoy it. Yeah. So in this sense, what he's always using these statements. The reality is real, but it can be blocked if you have preferences. Yeah? I'm saying, from the AA world, just look at the identification of self. See if that's actually an activity that's happening. It isn't like identification as, which is the verb, and then self is the noun. It's a verb. Identification as self. That's what selfing is doing. Selfing is a verb, and what it's doing is it produces a sense or an identification as a self. So it, it makes up a noun out of nothing, yeah? It makes up a noun of, oh, out of all these verbing, and now the noun becomes the dominant uh, integral part of the whole mental interpretation. So life is not seen as it's happening anymore, it's happening to me. Yeah? Everything, you become the center and you, it's sort of like being in this giant verbing, and then you suddenly plop yourself like a flagpole in the middle of it, and then everything is given meaning and direction based on you. You know? Remember when you were a kid in self centeredness? The only way you could per- perceive that anything happening is how it pertained to you. It's just everything got sucked into this false center, yeah? What is this going to mean to me? Yeah, what is this going be always, always? This is sort of like a giant expansion of mind getting contracted into this little point. And this, this ability to be able to entertain vast uh, space of infinity is now worrying about are, are your pants too short you know for five hours? Or what did that girl mean by saying hello to me today, going home and thinking about that for fucking eight hours? Or it's like putting a marathon runner in a closet. It's not going to be happy. It's going to be. It just can't. It's just not going to be fulfilled running around the same old, same old. This is just. We're opening the door. Let it out like a free range alcoholic. Let it roam. Let it start fucking trotting and running and stuff. And then you'll sense. Uh, you'll sense some of it. You know? And once you sense it, once the solution is what tells you about the problem. It really is. Yeah. When you get relief from the problem, which is the solution, you'll know the problem. While you're not getting relief from the problem, you may think you know the problem, but it's like that professor of holes who thinks he knows everything about holes, but he keeps falling in them. Yeah, What's the point of having that knowledge? This is, you by entertaining, I'm not that, the solution becomes dominant, and then you see the problem Yeah, by, its, by the relief from it. feel like I've had a great meal tonight I'm just sitting here smacking my lips so it's a simple invitation, I have faith in mind, yeah no matter what you think about mind isn't so and I have faith in mind I have faith that mind, if given the possibility of entertaining this, it can yeah and once it starts, you'll see what happens. You'll find out. Yeah, like you, you may get a great relief. That's what can happen. It's a possibility. In self-centeredness, though, the mind's ability to entertain is is like in a in a sense of slavery. It can only entertain framed by this idea of being a self. Yeah. So when I entertain. Being okay, it's always, I was once okay, maybe, and I hope I will be okay. And you don't realize while you're entertaining that you once were okay, all it does is put on the spotlight that you believe you're not now. And when you entertain, I will be okay, it's only spotlighting that you're not now. (laughs) you got to see it. (laughs) What you believe it's doing is doing the exact opposite, Yeah. By you entertaining, I was once feeling really great, then in self-centeredness, you must have had something to do with not feeling that way anymore. So you get guilty and, you get guilty about not being where you thought you once were. (laughs) It's all self-centeredness. It's always feeding itself. Claiming, 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 and feeding, 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 feeding. It's ravenous. Yeah? It's a ravenous system. It's a parasitical, in my view. It's a parasitical mental system. Yeah, it wants to suck the life out of you and give you back an interpretation. It wants to use you for transportation to go where it can because you can't go because it's not in. It's not an action figure. It has to sort of take this possibility and take you to where it wants to take you, like at five fifty-eight in front of the Seven Eleven looking to see if you have 89 cents to get that pint of cheap wine. These are some of the places it takes you. Or stalking your ex-girlfriend, who haven't seen in five years, parking in front of a house. So, I mean, this is what it does. I used to see, knew a guy, he was stalking a woman I was seeing. And he was, he'd be sitting outside down the road from my house for hours, waiting for her to come out to her car. Can you imagine the mental hell he was in, in that cab of his truck? Can you fucking imagine hours about going on? What's she doing now? You know, give me a freaking break... Can you imagine, given the mind that has this incredible ability to entertain, Given it that poison, how much exquisite suffering it produced? Yeah? Be careful what it's being fed, man. Just like in AA, abstinence is the key. If you start teasing that big dog, alcoholism. Right now, it's asleep so you get the run of your house pretty much. But if you start throwing a bone near it with a strain, you know, if I could fucking have a da-da-da-da. If it wakes up, you're done. You're gone. (laughs) It's going to take you over like that. (laughs) You'll be cleaning up after it, excusing it, fucking feeding it constantly. Yeah. Once the dog's asleep, it's a very good move to just sort of don't tease it. Don't. Follow. Let me see if I can. Will it, is it? Is it dead? No, no, no. It's not dead. It's just. It's sort of like a cocoon. It's in a pause. Based on your on seeing this, the light, if you wake it up, boom. <laughs> so I looked at AA. It just happened when I was 11 years sober. I was doing these workshops, so I was talking about how it works, this chapter, every week, Monday nights. That's 19 years, really. And yeah. I heard this invitation from outside, yet I was still living my life in recovery. I didn't leave recovery, and I was doing my those, these workshops, and then suddenly my mind shifted. I don't even know if it was suddenly, but something happened where the chapter that I had read 19 for 19 years, like a lot, it was... It looked new, yeah, because my mind was new. And what was being emphasized is every time that word self appeared, it had a totally different meaning than it ever had. And the meaning was, I'm not that, yeah. That is a parasitical movement. It is like a foreign installment, yeah. It's like a a helmet that I had on, yeah. And if it's a helmet, I can take it off, yeah. Just like it says, we grew into fear, that implies you can outgrow fear. You can grow out of it, yeah? So I grew into this state of self centeredness, I can grow out of that state of self centeredness, yeah? But it only radically started to stabilize when I saw that it wasn't me. And so therefore I started teaching the workshop, and then up the, I guess the crowd dwindled. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the more it left the nuts and bolts, the more people weren't interested. Just like do, they loved me when I shared at a meeting, but then when I told them to go to Zen Bitch Slap, I'd never see them again. (laughs) It was a little too much, I guess. (laughs) But I'm stubborn. It's the last answer for me. I can't go back, you know. I can't go back into improving my doing and having to produce a result that I, I, I know as a fact not to be a result. Yeah? If you fall, don't fall back on the mental crutches, you'll be able to walk, definitely. A free person. You know? why we have these meetings, in a sense, to support ourselves in that endeavor. Because I believe, just like a lot of shit happens and solidifies by reinforcement or repetition, we're using it in in another way. We're using the poison as an antidote. We have meetings twice a week, as long as we can, so that we can drop in and remember or entertain the possibility. That's always available at all times, right where we are. Not a possibility of next month I'm going to go away, or not a possibility of, oh, I wish I could do that retreat I did five years ago. No, the, the immediacy of the possibility right now. The requirement is met. Consciousness is there. That's all that's needed. Yeah? So, and I haven't missed a meeting all these years. I've been, I'm, I have the the perfect attendance record. And you better believe I listen. I'm not listening, but my mind's listening as it's downloading also. Because it's a joy to hear this message. It's a fucking joy to know that you can drop the rock. That you can put the bondage down. That you can put the big... You don't have to go and claim that luggage again. You can just leave it in lost and found. Yeah? I mean, it's good news. Like that's the word, that's the definition of the word gospel, is good news. Yeah, that's what gospel means. It's a great definition. The good news. To me, it's really good news that I'm not that. Could you imagine if you were this? You'd work on it all the rest of your life, wouldn't you? It'd be like an urban renewal project. There'd be no end to it. Even if you try to get it as it would just it would just be. It does. It would never end. You'd always have to tweak it or this and that. It's just... It's a, it's a form of slavery. It's like having to toil constantly, I would say, is slavery. <laughs> in a way. Yeah? This is like, fuck it. You lose interest in yourself. Yeah? You lose interest in, quote-unquote, your character effects. <laughs> you do. You lose interest in a lot of things. Yeah? And you gain interest in others and other and actually in my sense, nothing. I've gained interest in a lot in (laughs) nothing. That's the best thing to be interested in. Because it's always available at all times, yeah? you're looking right now from it and you're seeing it right now. <laughs> it's sort of like, what would probably be the greatest re- revelation of a, of a fish? His enlightenment would be he realized the water, yeah? He realized he was wet. He doesn't realize it because he's always been wet, so he doesn't know what wet is, yeah? We have the possibility of realizing that we're always wet. That's an incredible gift, Yeah? We are always wet, but we can realize that we're always wet. Yeah, that would be like the fish. But see, the fish is looking around it sees clams and seaweed and everything. Another fish, but it can't see the medium it's in. It can't sense the water. Yeah, It only realizes it when it's pulled out and it's flapping on the deck of a boat and it's totally flipping out because it's been taken out of its element. Yeah. Now we're like that, we're flipping on the boat, uh, the, you know, the deck of this boat, but we're wearing like cool clothes, you know, we smell good, we're on Facebook or something, so we're thinking all oh, the flipping is great, it makes it so special, but we're fucking dying really, we're truly dying, we're grasping at straws, it would just be nice to realize the milieu you're in, you know, that you are of that, you're not in it, you are of it, Yeah? You are of that space you may think you can visit as an experience. You are of that. You are of no-thingness. Yeah? What's looking out is not blue. It's consciousness, yeah? it's this, this only facilitates consciousness to produce a sense of vision, to see others, yeah? It's not what's seeing. This is not what's hearing. This is not what's feeling, Yeah? It's consciousness. It's awareness. That's what's that's what's engaged here. Yeah. So if we just gave up the throne of subjectiveness, if we could give up that throne of being the one who's doing and having and seeing and feeling and tasting and touching, if we could entertain, maybe we're not that. Maybe we'd realize the true guest, the true master, the true host. Yeah, Maybe we would sense the real presence of what's so, instead of pretending this absence is what's so. Yeah? Maybe. And maybe all these 80 different knots that are causing you discomfort and stuff like that, and you have this hope that if they only got fixed, everything would be great. Maybe you'd realize they can stay basically just as they are, and there still can be a sense of freedom. Yeah? That you'll outshine circumstances and situations. That you found something totally, truly reliable. Because it never varies, it never blinks. It's never there or not there. It's always so, yeah. In your worst of times, in your best of times, it's, it's always available, yeah. Oh. Uh, any questions tonight? Yes?
1: This is so far out, you know. I mean I see self self you know, my minute, you know. And then I forget about it. Come I get caught up again And I forget about it. I
0: guess it kind of takes a little bit of practice to drop it. Maybe, but what when you get caught up and then you're out of it, both of them are are held by seeing though. There's an awareness that you're out of it and there's awareness that you're caught up in it. Yes. Yeah? You're not aware that you're aware, but there's an awareness you're caught up with, or you wouldn't be able to say it later, that you were caught up with it. There must have been some seeing of what was going on, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's the dualist, dualistic movement, movement, right? Yeah? You're caught up in it, and you're free from it. But that's all happening in a context of seeing. I'd say where are the seeing of it. Not the movement, the mental movement. We're the seeing of the mental movements. So... If you if you think that this is going to be stable and clear and at peace, this and the conditional mind the rest of your life, if you're waiting for that, I wouldn't do that. I would see that you're the scene and the body and the mind is going to go through its little gyrations. Circumstances and situations will blow it this way. It's like a little ball on the surface of the water. It's blown by things. Yeah, Mental winds come. So let's say loss occurs. You're probably going to have a rich sadness. You're not going to be like a fucking totally immune to this place. This is part of being in this place. Why would you want to be here totally immune to it? <laughs> That's, you know, the point is this is engaged. Yeah. So it gets pulled this way, pushed that way. But what seeing it never goes this way or that way. What's seeing it is the space. It's the context yeah the context isn't moving, the content's moving, yeah the context isn't moving, so my clarity isn't becoming unclear and getting clear and then unclear. The clarity is the context. the mental movement is clear, unclear, feeling like I got it, then I'm back into selfie. that's mental movement, yeah. That's what, that's what happens here. It goes this way, and it goes that way. It goes this way. But the context isn't going this way and that way. Yeah? The context is still and always so, just as it always is. Yeah? Then there's a movement. We're used to believing we're the, the bobbing ball on the surface, but we're the deepness of the ocean that's not being moved at all by all the surface movement. Yeah? All the surface movement isn't moving the depth of the ocean one bit. It's still and quiet down there. But the surface is moving a lot, yeah. Mental winds are blowing it, fear, avarice, you know, desire, you know, all this stuff. But what you are, what I am, is the seeing, and I don't believe that's moving one bit. That's the absolute resting place. Not in hoping I'm going to get really great, and I'll be totally detached, and I'll be totally super clear, and this and that. I wouldn't wait for that. I would just get on the fact I'm not that movement, nor this movement. Yeah, I'm the seeing of it. Because I'm seeing this one, and I'm seeing that one. This one seems totally different than this, but they both have the same basic denominator, which is seeing. Yeah? So, don't get stuck on all the top numbers. Look at the bottom number. Look at the denominator. The denominator is consciousness or awareness. Yeah? You just feel
1: so much better to forget. You know? Yeah, it does. works. Yeah? But this isn't so much a, It's not a question, actually, not so, not so much. Uh, I watch this thing, uh, this fellow Dan Early, and he has a... He's a pretty smart guy. He does a lot of homework at MIT. And... Um, he showed, like, uh, he says that the our vision is the most active part that they can see in the brain. Uh, yeah. It takes the most data. And he did this thing, and he was showing an optical illusion. And he shows it, and then he proves it to be an illusion. And he goes, now watch. I will show it to you again, and your mind will still think it's the." He's like, I've proven to you yeah. the illusion, yet even though I just did that your mind is incapable it's still it means like so your most powerful ability is very easily tricked yes and i I don't know i thought it was and what you were talking about tonight i certainly suffer from trickery i trick myself into what i see or feel or or whatever and when you talk about you just it really resonated for me about that like it's not what i see or not see or taste or not taste but the that I am still like, well, I still, I don't, it's a no thing. I, I mean, I've been yeah. coming for a while and I've been really trying my better, asserting this idea of it's nothing. It's a no thing. Yeah. And it's, uh, and when you said that, you know, like when you get a taste of the relief, you know what you're looking for now. Yes. And, uh, not that it's all relief, but it, it is available at all times when I'm ready for that or when it, what, I don't want to get too deep into that, because I don't. Yeah. I struggle, but uh, I really liked it when you were talking. You know, you mentioned the samples, and it, it made that a uh, yeah it, So. Well, and,
0: listen, like Saint Francis said, uh, he gives you a very simple, concise statement. He says, "What you're looking for is what's looking." <laughs> what's you lo- what's looking What you're looking for is what's looking. What yeah, exactly? <laughs> you see it? How beautiful it is! He yeah. cuts cuts the right out the root. It can't even get a chance to grow. <laughs> what are you looking for? Yeah, yeah. What is it? I look at the truth, enlightenment. No, what's looking? What? <laughs> I thought I was looking for the truth. No, you're looking for what's looking. Isn't that great? I'm looking for enlightenment. No, you're not. What's what you're looking for is what's looking. What? You're just giving it a fucking name you learned about. But what you're actually looking for is what's looking. Yeah. Yeah. You mean when I'm at the retreat? No, I mean right now. What's looking? Wait, it can't be. I did something bad earlier. (coughs) I can't be looking for that. What's looking? Yeah? I love that. Isn't that great? Let me see. What am I looking for? Oh, a house, you know, security... Uh, enlightenment, uh, money, uh, surf, uh, surf, <laughs> surf. No, what's looking? What? <laughs> so what do you mean? I'm looking for what's looking for the surf? Yeah, I'm looking for what's looking for enlightenment? Yeah, I'm looking for what's looking for the truth? Yeah. So what do I? What can I forget? Surfing, truth, enlightenment. What? Yeah. Now you can freely surf, you can freely look for enlightenment if you want, if that's, what's, that's your predilection, but the pressure's off. Because now you realize what you're truly looking for here is what's looking. Yeah. He just saved you. you know how much he saved you, that little statement? That's the greatest value here of any of these statements, is how much time they can save you. Really, if your ears are open to hear it, this the succinct little, uh, just condensing of an incredible amount of download in a very small statement is unbelievable. What you're looking for, what's, what you're looking for is what's looking. What a beautiful fucking statement! Yeah, it's in self-forgetting that we're reborn. Yeah. It's in self-forgetting. How can I forget the self? Well, I found you can forget the self if it isn't you. You'll lose interest in it. You really will. Yeah. I saw that as a typical thing. I'm interested in things that are about me. Yeah. Now, how am I going to pull that interest off of the me? It's just like a homing pigeon that always goes to whatever I think I am. But all right, maybe I'm not that which I'm thinking I am. Now the homing pigeon finds a new home to go to. So, instead of obsession with self, it's abidance in truth. It's the same energy. It's just been given a different place to land. Instead of landing here, which is totally agitated, obsessing with self all day, now it lands somewhere else, let's say in centeredness. And the effects get to manifest here. And you get to be at the manifestation of it. Like they said, you you are what you think it's done according to your belief, all of that, all those statements are implying the great role we have here, that we are what we're looking for.